My name is Stephanie, and I loved canned wine. Thanks, Karen. Heck yeah. Karen keeps us supplied. Uh, well, my name's Karen, and I love my Jeep, Betty Blue. She's the love of my life. <laughs> Don't tell Mark. Don't tell Mark. <laughs> I'm Jenna, and I love to make things out of pens and pencils and paint. So art. You're yep. an artist. Was I unclear? I'm like, I like to make things out of, I like to do art. I'm Jean. And I love kissing babies' necks. <laughs> Your face right now, you just can't handle I it. You're like, kiss you need them. a baby just neck. Kiss them right in the neck. <laughs> even if they have like stinky milk neck. Mm, anything. That's even better. It doesn't matter how oh, stinky or dirty they are. I want to get my face right up in under their ear and just. I am officially not a baby person. This is the Working Folk Podcast where we talk about work, life, and everything in between. So, now that we've shared all that personal stuff, we want to introduce ourselves. We kind of jumped in in our last episode to like our first jobs and talking about those types of things, but we didn't really talk about ourselves that much. So, now you get to know us, podcast listeners. <laughs> you get to hear little tidbits about who we are today. Try today. to figure out if you know whose voice is whose. Oh, man. There are four. Uh, this is Karen. <laughs> <laughs> there are four gorgeous women. My voice is pretty In this project. Still know who I am. Yes. If I you think hear, all our voices are distinct, aren't they? Are they not? I don't know. I feel like that, but I've also listened to podcasts with multiple like voices mm-hmm. of the same and not being able to tell them and apart. been like who's talking and mm-hmm. who, until I until I hear it a lot or hear their name we haven't been tell- calling each other by name very much but hearing their name and getting to see their face mm-hmm. which you guys can do if you go find us on Instagram working folk podcast um or on our website workingfolkpodcast.com um but yeah I feel like our voices are distinct but we know each other and yeah. some of our listeners probably maybe don't. So, Jean, I love you. I love you too, Karen. <laughs> I love you too. I love, I love you, you too. too. Aww, it's, Aww, a it's a love fest. It's a love fest. <laughs> this really, this whole podcast is just birthed out of a love fest. We needed an excuse to officially spend time together um, and be uninterrupted because guess what? Our children are not allowed in this space when we're uh, got our headphones on, so... <laughs> But we talk about them a whole lot. Yes. They're a huge part of our lives. But it is um, just out of our love of talking to each other yep. that this was birthed. And Karen's uh, actual desire to get something up and going. I think we all had it. Yeah. yeah. But we love talking to each other. We love learning, learning from each other, learning from the world. And we realize that we all are working folk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sharing our experiences with each other and like learning from each other. I have so much to learn from you guys. All your kids are older than mine. So tell me what's going to happen in the future. Yeah, I think Karen just explained it. <laughs> well, nobody we don't knows. Know. <laughs> we can't answer. We, we, we still don't know oh. what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you notice how many books they don't write about? <laughs> what happens next? Like they got the baby kind of thing. Like it's going to suck, but they're going to write a book about it. But then the rest of you are like, I have no idea. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So, Jean, tell us uh, what you do. 
Well, currently I am employed as a mother of three and a household manager or whatever other cheesy way we want to say that I am a stay-at-home mom at the moment. Um, My husband just got done with a year deployment for the army and so I was alone with our three kids for a year and that was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm also starting to go back to school because I've gone to college several times and never finished and I'm finally going to get around to that a little bit in the near future. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell us how you feel about this. <laughs> it's so funny because you guys are always teasing me about talking too much. And then you ask me a question. I'm like, I'm going to be the opposite of every. <laughs> I'm not talking at all. Uh, of every. Like, I would, we've just been watching so many political debates and stuff lately. And it's like, you ask a question and they answer everything but the question. I'm like, I'm only going to answer your question. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, it's a huge change. I've been employed pretty much my entire life since I was 15, um, at least in a part-time capacity. So this last year has been a big change and just kind of wrapping my head around, even though I feel very comfortable being a stay-at-home mom, um, I put little air quotes around that, (laughs) I feel very like confident and comfortable and not like I'm being judged by being a stay-at-home mom because honestly, I have a community that's super supportive and I don't feel like the people in my life that I care about feel differently about it. Um, But it is so weird to not have a profession to say. And I think just analyzing how that idea of not having a professional life outside of being a mom is just viewed so differently um, in uh, throughout our culture. There's a general uh, feeling that it's not a job. Um, I think that's a pervasive feeling in our culture. But but we all disagree. Yes. Yep. We 100%. all think Jean 100% has a full-time job. Yeah. And plus more. Plus more. Especially and since you have a foster kiddo who's 12. Who is officially adopted yeah. now. Well, that's true. You have yes. adopted. So I have been a foster mom for the last couple of years, but he's finally ours. He's adopted fully now. So, yeah. So I have two 12-year-old boys and a 9-year-old daughter and um, a million Pets, because I cannot say no to pets. I don't know what it is. Do you have any more ducks? No, the raccoons got all the ducks. Let's not go there. (laughs) We've had some traumatic incidences with raccoons in our pet hold. Um, Yeah, no, right now we have a hamster, a couple fish, a snail, a hermit crab, a rooster, (laughs) and two dogs. (laughs) And a bunny. Oh, and a bunny. Oh, poor little gravy. I forgot about her. <laughs> yes, and a bunny. <laughs> I will never forget about your bunny. She's I think your so bunny cute. is my favorite pet, She's and it's the one so I see sweet. the least. I know. She just sits out in the yard like, mm, thank God they're not paying attention to me. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what is the hardest thing about being a stay-at-home mom? Oh, maybe. At least in our culture. <laughs> in our culture. Well, I feel like when I was working um, part-time, but a lot of hours um, in a very flexible part-time job, I always had a really hard time with my schedule, like how much time to invest in my job and how much time to invest in um, like 
telling my job that they couldn't have that space. Having healthy boundaries with my job was always a huge issue. So now it's almost like I just have to have healthy boundaries with just myself (laughs) and like where I find my priorities in parenting now that my main focus is on parenting. So that's a huge challenge. Like, do I stay up late and get the things done that I want to get done? Or do I prioritize my sleep so I'm not a horrible bitch of a mom the next day? And it's like this constant battle of where my time priorities are. I feel like time priorities are such a huge thing for women. Um, I remember uh, in psychology class in high school, we were talking about superpower, you know, like that question, like, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? And we realized that almost all of the women picked some kind of superpower that had to re- that related to time. We wish we could move in super speed. We wish we could pause time. We wish we could um, change the past or see the future. And the men had ones that had to do with strength and power. And I think so managing our time is such a huge issue. That's for women. I think that should be our question for the end of that episode. What would be our superpower? Ooh, Ooh, I like that. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So, and I I mean, that was a sociological experiment with a group of 20 16-year-olds in a small town in Idaho. (laughs) But I would really love to look more into that about like, but it seems true when I talk to my friends, that kind of theory has played out. Um anecdotally in my life that women just want more time we have lots of things we want to get done and we want more time and we want to be rested for the things we do but we don't have time to rest (laughs) Mm -hmm. karen i would love for you to explain how we ended up in your pod shed and what that has to do with what you do in life right now what that has to do with my life why are we at your house well, because I'm bossy, and if I could fit you all in my bed, that's where we'd be. <laughs> well, no, so I, my, like, working title, along with a, yeah, part-time-ish mom, um, is that I am self-employed fully as a photographer. I've been doing that for about nine years, actually, um, today, as of recording date. Nine years today? Yeah. Nine years today is when... um, When your first company launched? Started the company. Yeah. So I do photography. I dabble in lots of different things. And over those nine years, I've, you know, changed specialties. And I used to do pretty much anything anybody ever asked me to take a photo for because money. Um, But I've kind of narrowed my focus a little bit I don't do weddings anymore I'm too old I don't do babies they hate me (laughs) it's mutual it's so funny to hear you say that because you have turned out some gorgeous pictures I mean some babies depends on the baby my babies right I did Mm. take pictures of your younger baby I don't think I did not your no Kaylee did yeah um But I do a lot of real estate photography now, which is kind of great because I can do it during the day when my kids are at school. So flexibility has been really important for me because I've been doing this most of the time that I've been a mom um, and been able to control when I work and how much I work. But absolutely the same as Eugene, like work, time work-life balance, which will be a recurring topic and probably a multi-part series of episodes. Um, I don't have any balance. I either work 24 hours a day until I'm done with whatever I want to do, or I 
play all the time and then go, oh, crap, I got to get that done. Um, I have just no concept of goal setting or (laughs) calendar chunking. I don't know. It's not like you have no concept. It's like when that stuff comes up, your brain goes, ah! Yes. Yes, absolutely. My brain just says no. Yeah, time blocking. Thank Mm -hmm. you. I get how it works for other people. <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. Um, but yeah, so we're here in my um, pod shed. It's a shed. It's so cute. Uh, that my dear darling husband spent many months making into like a pretty cool like living. I could live in it. Mm-hmm. I could lay on that couch and never move. Mm-hmm. This is my couch. Back up. <laughs> <laughs> right now, Stephanie and Jean are on the couch. Yes. <laughs> Stephanie and Jean own the couch. Jenna and I are in the, uh, what are supposed to be patio chairs, but they were the right color and size. So they <laughs> are in the, the shed. But yeah, it's just kind of a new, we're doing this podcast. There's potential maybe. Maybe I'll be a podcast producer if anyone else wants to do any podcasts. Um, I really like it. I like the creative side, but I also like the technical side. I've made a couple websites. I really, really enjoy doing that. Um, but yeah, fully part-time. So fully just, you know, my income is very not the same every month. Um, so my husband pays all the bills. Um, (laughs) poor guy. He has the steady income that we know is going to come in every month. So we've kind of done it that way. And, uh, I'm in charge of all the things like groceries that we can be flexible on. You know, if we're poor, we can just eat ramen and powdered milk for a while. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) eats powdered milk in America. Powdered milk. I have before, but, um, yeah, that's why we're here. And that's why I suckered you guys into coming here to hang out with me because self-employed. I do what I want. That's my like motto in life. I do what I want. Mm-hmm. Sounds like my motto. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to hear about yours because you have like this crazy thing with your job that I don't understand. So please explain. Yeah. <laughs> She's talking to stuff. Yeah. Sorry. I am. I'm talking. I'm looking at and pointing at Stephanie, but Steph, will you please tell me about your job? Yes. So I am a mortgage lender. So when people want to buy houses, they come to me and I see if they can get approved for a loan or not. And I do not actually physically give them the money. <laughs> um, they, I make sure that their financial scenario mats, matches with the federal guidelines in order to issue a loan through my company that I work for. So I do work for a company. I am W2'd, but I am not salary or hourly. I'm 100% commission. And so what that means is I, for each loan that I close, I get a percentage of a commission off of, um, which also means I can work like I'm self-employed. So I can work as much or as little as I want. And I can work really how I want to and who I want to work with. And there are people I have decided not to work with, um, which is fantastic because then I get to make, I get to make my own rules for what my life 
looks like, kind of like how Karen had said, she does what she wants, I do what I want. Um, I can decide to go on vacation whenever I want, and I have, and I have done it. Um, and it's both awesome and stressful at the same time, because I know that if I'm on vacation and work comes, I can turn it down, but that also means I might not get as much money as I could. So for me, really, the sky is the limit. I can make millions or I can make hundreds. <laughs> so what I put into what I do, how often I work, how many people I call, um, really determines how much I make, um, which is very interesting and it allows me to balance my life as much as we can have work-life balance but that's sometimes impossible <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic I was working like uh 14 15 hour days and my children were crying on the floor screaming because they wanted my attention and that was really hard and it broke my heart but I had loans going on that I had to get closed on time but then there's other times where I can take off for the whole day and spend time with my kid at the doctor or go watch them in their school concert when school's actually happening. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. There's a lot of rules that I have to follow as far as federal guidelines. So I'm constantly, I'm a have trained myself to become a numbers person and because I am in charge of my own income um I have become a goal person which you guys all probably already know <laughs> for everyone in this room I'm very very goals if I set a goal I will try my hardest to hit there and I'll have like steps to what I can do to get there um and you're also like the most positive human on the planet. So you're like, I'm doing great the whole way. Like you're so good at psyching yourself up. What you guys see. Well, <laughs> Tyler, sees, Tyler sees my insecurities, my husband, and he sees my imposter syndrome, which in my line of work is huge, huge, because I work with professionals that do make lots of money and where do I fit in there and am I in the same field as them should I even be in the same room with them dude and I relate so much to that imposter yeah, syndrome same it's it's can be so intimidating <sighs> and thinking that I'm in the same room as someone who's been doing mortgages for 30 years and I've been doing it for three what do I know and is it valid or relevant? And mm -hmm. are my clients getting the best that they can? But really, that's why I chose the company that I'm with, is because I know that because I'm with the company, I have all of the resources to get them exactly what they need. Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome is real. <laughs> we'll talk about that later too. Mm -hmm. Stephanie and Karen, I was thinking with both of you when you're sharing your stories, like it's so cool that you get to have this um, flexibility in your schedule and do what you want. But I was also thinking, oh, but you've had like, you've worked up to this point. So I don't want anybody who's just listening to the, this podcast for the first time to be like straight out of college or straight out of high school and think they get to like, yes, I want to do what I want to do. And I'm going to get to do what I want to do. Like, we all have to put in the time of figuring out who we are and getting the training we need and even just 
figuring out the career that works for us. Oh, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like so cool to hear you guys talk about like being able to do what you want to do. And I'm like, I've known you both long enough to know that like you haven't always had this opportunity. So it's so cool when you just keep working on yourself and your life and your desires to get yourself to the place where you can do mm-hmm. what you want to do. And you guys have both put in the work to get there. Well, and doing what you love, I think you it can be a 40-hour-a-week job. Straight out of college. So, like speaking Jenna. of. <laughs> no, I'm, the, I'm the one I'm like, guys, I have flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> and you love what you do. So let's hear about it, Jenna. What I do just you don't do? have the flexibility you guys have where I'm like, I can choose not to work. No, that doesn't happen. Yes. But you do get summers off. I do. Um, that's because... Like this year, we've all been working like 70 hour work weeks. So it's like, we've earned this time off, damn it. (laughs) Um, Jenna is a Spanish teacher. Yeah, I'm a Spanish teacher uh, at a middle school this year, which uh, was intimidating as hell. Middle schoolers are. Karen's husband's speaking through the window. (laughs) He's so cute. He just waved. He just waved. Oh, he's walking away now. Okay, good. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Can we leave that in, please? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so cute. Um, he did this. Oh, look, he's looking in again. He's got pair. Yes, you can have a pair. <laughs> we have snacks. You can have seven pairs. Shed, and oh he's like, can I have, can I have this fruit, can please? Snack? <laughs> can I have a snake? I just yeah. saw a pear. So I'm a teacher. I've been teaching. Actually, I've been teaching since I was 19, you guys. Jeez. Wow. I did my first teaching positions in college when um, I got credit for teaching little little people, second graders. Actually, it was fourth grade first year. I got to teach them um, for credit. Got three credits to teach them for a half hour every week. I was like, yeah, that's easy, three credits. And then I taught second graders to one of my professor's kids. Not intimidating at all, but I've been teaching since I was 19. And so I was 19, 20 years ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah, yeah, girl. We oh, yeah, I guess that was that long ago. Nine. Dang, you're old. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Stephanie's yeah. the baby in the room. She's in her mid 30s. Right. <laughs> so 20 years ago. And so I'm, I'm at that point where I do have a lot of flexibility. I know what good teaching looks like and what it doesn't. And I'm not as intimidated by admins these days. Because they don't know what the hell they're doing when they walk into a Spanish classroom. so much more than them. <laughs> well, they just never. I mean, teaching, um, teaching different subjects, you have to, you have to really know the research and how, how good it is. And there's, I could talk for hours about what research says with your brain, but truly they don't know how we learn. Like even researchers don't know. They're learning how we're learning all the time, and they still don't know how we learn. But so yeah, I um I teach. I've actually teach at two schools this year. I teach also part time for another set of middle schoolers at a charter school. And so, um, it's been a challenging year. I mean, come on, twenty twenty has been not easy. Why? Oh, you know <laughs> what? What? 2020 hasn't been easy no well especially the in the teaching i don't know what job is easy right now but the in the teaching realm doing things virtually or hybrid or a combination or I even in person definitely gotten the short end of the stick this year yeah well you know <laughs> for a I, short end of the stick year you guys have the shortest end of it right well you know it, there's 
in education in general, it's you're always you always have to jump through the next hoop. There's always a policy that comes in that some lawmaker made, and now you're like, oh, now we have to add this down. Or they've which lawmakers know so much about education. They really do. They I mean they write so many amazing laws that just get put in as policy. So that's that's what I do. I teach. I teach Spanish one and Spanish two for college or not college uh, high school credit for these guys. Um, so I'm asking seventh graders to do high school work, which is it's been a challenge because I mean they're not only online half the time, but they're also only thirteen, and so it's been it's been a challenge in that realm too. But they, I try to have as much fun in the classroom. If I'm not having fun, they're not having fun. That's my philosophy. If I'm bored, they're really bored, and um. Language has to come from your heart. It has to be compelling. And so we, I uh, teach through stories. I, we, t- we tell little stories together. And I'm learning that middle schoolers are really macabre. We talk a lot about, we talk a lot about cannibalism. <laughs> that is not what I expected to come out of I'm here. really interested. Let's talk about it. No, no, no. I thought you were going to say, like, wieners, farts. <laughs> cannibalism. Who doesn't want to talk about cannibalism? Um, they love it. Yeah. And I, you, you guys know me and that I don't deal well with violence. Mm-hmm. I don't deal well with, like, murder, blood, gory stuff. So when they're like... And he ate him. I'm like, what? Which the other three of us in the room are true crime yeah. junkies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's you, and you're the one that gets to talk about cannibalism all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so intrigued right now. I want to go get my seventh grader right now and ask her about it. Because well, no, she's they in don't. seventh grade Spanish and is totally weird and macabre like that. Like, I can right. totally picture her so, talking about cannibalism in her Spanish class also. No, but I don't think so. No, they, I, don't, they don't teach like I do. I let the kids have some control over what we talk about because it needs to be compelling. They need to have buy-in. They That's need true. to be interesting. How yes. do you say cannibalism in Spanish? That is such a hard question. How no, do we, we don't. We don't actually talk about cannibalism. <laughs> we just include it in the story. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So you don't so say like he ate his. Oh neighbor. no, it's easy. It's an easy word. It's cannibal. I mean, okay, that's what, that's what it is. Cannibal. But it's like Mad Libs. Like it's included in the yeah. story. It's just not. Yeah. So I <laughs> I pick the verbs we use. I'm like, Kikiere, what does he want? And they're like, he wants to eat. You know. I'm like, okay, we'll go with it. Because because they all get really excited and they start leaning forward. And I go, well, if that's what you want to talk about, and I, <laughs> I actually make it really dramatic. Like I'm like just so offended <laughs> because then I think it's even better. Right. You know, Anything if, to be rebellious. If I'm like, if I'm so offended and I hate this topic, they think it's the most fun mm-hmm. thing ever. <laughs> so I'm actually kind of playing around with it. I don't really care. I mean, but I won't let them do cannibalism with people eating people. So far it's been potatoes eating French fries. That's Ooh, amazing. Much better. <laughs> yes. Or, hey, or, papa, yeah. comes. Uh, no, I'm... Yeah, you're doing good job. Is I, is I doing okay? <laughs> I love it. You're communicating. Uh, oh my God, potato? that's the most yeah. encouraging voice. <laughs> Teach me, woman. Las papas fritas. Las papas fritas. Yeah. Fries. Bam. La papa come unas papas fritas. There you go. En la so And Gosh. then we change it. We're like, who's he eating potatoes with? He's eating potatoes with, you know, another name of a kid. And uh, I, I love my job. 
I get to play. I get to have kindergarten with kids because it is emerging. It's Mm -hmm. all emerging language. And I need to make sure that they know that they're safe and loved in my classroom, just like kindergartners have to be, because it is, I'm also teaching risk. Speaking a foreign language Mm -hmm. is not easy. And especially at that age, they Mm -hmm. feel like they're like all being watched already. (laughs) And they're just on a camera by themselves in their room. (laughs) Well, no, or even in the awkward situation. So I will not let them be assholes to each other. Mm-hmm. If I get that one, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a posture people take when they're like, oh, do you see what kid? Do you see what he's doing? I, as soon as I see that posture, I'm like, Mm-mm, you're st- sitting forward. Don't, mm-hmm. don't move. Don't even put that energy in here. And so most of my job is just trying to be as encouraging as possible. So that's what I do. You're and I amazing love it. At it. I, I wish I could it. be a fly on the wall while you teach. I love it so much. Seriously. I mm-hmm. want to attend her classes mm-hmm. so bad. I, <laughs> Can I, I also just really want to relearn Spanish. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have actually considered doing adult classes because it's so much fun because we could talk about adult things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So earlier you said you like teach through story yeah. and I like had a little mental freak out over here that the people in the room saw, but you guys listening didn't. I was like, I didn't know what you were doing over there. <laughs> because I had a thought and that's Seizures. what happens. It comes out like in large movements, but there is a book that you should read that is called Erotic Stories for Punjabi Widows. Yes. <laughs> and it's it. beautiful. It's a fictional story, but it is... Um, is it a choose your own adventure? <laughs> <laughs> no. That sounds amazing. But it's, uh, it's a woman in her like 30s who is like she's a little bit not as focused as you were in teaching already at 19 she kind of wants to be a writer she kind of wants to be a teacher she starts teaching English classes to immigrant women like it's set in New York I believe I could tell you and you'd know but I can't think of the exact name I could tell Jean and Jean would know because Jean grew up in New York Um, but (laughs) There's like this certain area where a lot of Indian immigrants live. Like they all, there's, they just, there's been a great congregation of them all living in the same area. So a lot of the women in that culture, when they moved to America, their husbands or their children did a lot of the communicating. So even as, even though they've lived here for a long time, they don't speak English. And so this 30-ish year old woman is teaching older Indian women how to speak English and write it and all that, but she's doing it through storytelling. And these women start busting out some of these stories that are like, they're not, that's in their culture. That's not really what they speak of, but they're all widows. So they don't have men to answer to anymore. Mm. And they are just like, blah, 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 blah. It is a beautiful story. And then there's also like a little bit of a mystery. Like there's a Okay, what is it called? Erotic Stories for Punjabi Widows. And it is, it was one of my favorite books I've read this year. I saw that on a list somewhere. And I was like, why is this recommended? And I don't know if this title would be okay on my dresser. I know. That's what, when I saw it, I was like, I don't even know what this is. But um, it was available on the library app. And I was like, "Mm, okay. Well, the reason why I teach in stories and the reason why it's like, it's sort of a movement teaching in stories is because when your kids are tiny they you teach them in stories you read them 
you read to them to get them more fluent in English. Mm-hmm. You tell stories about the people they see on the street, like, oh, what is she? Oh, she's a girl. What does she have? She's playing with, the, you know. And so um, there's there's just so much about teaching and stories, and especially with adults. Like, it can be really compelling. And with kids, it truly is just talking about potatoes. They think <laughs> they're pretty awesome because no one, no other class is talking to them about potatoes. Mm-hmm. You are in Idaho, so I think they all are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's true. such a false, miscon- such a misconception of Idahoans mm-hmm. to talk about potatoes. I've got to tell you that most of the people in this room probably can't even identify a potato field. Can you? Do you know what a potato plant so looks like? That is so stereotypical. I know what a potato plant looks like yeah, because I do too. Because we used to grow potatoes in my back freaking yard. I know. Bro. I want to grow sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely identify a potato. Sometimes field. Sorry, when kid. I'm road tripping with my kids, we play name that field. <laughs> There's a big. You're such an adorable nerd, and I love you so much. <laughs> did you like? Oh my god! Did I like do 4-H my entire life? Name that yes. bird. Name that field. Yes. <laughs> So I grew up in New York till I was 12 and did 4-H and owned chickens and horses in New York, mm-hmm. just outside of the city in upstate, and then moved to Idaho into a tiny little town that was, I was not the only farm in suburbia. We were the ones without a farm in a very rural area. So I've kind of got the best of both worlds going on, and I know all about the different crops that grow in southern Idaho. Mm-hmm. I just bought that book, Karen. Oh, you're going <laughs> to love it. It's brilliant. Yeah. And it has true crime in it. So, this but not bloody, not bloody gory. <laughs> it's really good. This podcast has been brought to you by Thrift Books. <laughs> oh my God. I love Thrift Books. <laughs> if you do not have Thrift Books, go get it. Maybe Thrift Books can sponsor us. Yes. Not sponsor, but can you please? <laughs> Thrift books, we love you. Um, speaking of which, we've got a pile of thrift books on the table right in front of us. We do. We are all into thrift books. We do. We like the books. Um, I like to buy the books and then leave them sitting next to my chair and think about reading them all the time. Yeah. I have a stack of, oh, that book only costs $3, and if I spend more than $10, it's free shipping. Well, why don't I go get five books and then just let them sit next to my chair? <laughs> I just got back from a girl's trip with my best friend from like elementary school and I got home and Tyler was like, why did you spend $300 on books? <laughs> and I was wow. like, because I brought wine and I didn't have to pay for it. So I spent my wine budget on books. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you'd have a whole library if you did that on thrift books. I know. But I bought from a cute little local place. Oh, that's awesome. Support your local bookstore. That's yeah, fun. I'm definitely picky about what I'll buy, but I definitely read a lot. I just looked at my Goodreads and I have read 81 books so far in 2020. Wow. Good job. Karen. My goal was 52. So, hey, goal setting. Karen <laughs> set a goal and crushed it. The point so of true. goals is to stretch yourself. So well, I did. Time. Uh, last year, my books, my book goal was like 24. And, and you, how read much did you read more than that. Like 36, I think, maybe. I don't remember. Oh, I can look. You've uh, been literally the most productive person during challenges. Quarantine. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in 2019, tw- okay, whoa, 2017, my goal was 30 books and I read 32. 2018, I bumped it to 36 and I read exactly 36. 
2019, I kept it at 36, but I read 52. I thought you were so then 52 in 2020, I was like, okay, I'll make my goal 52. That's one a week. I can do that. And I've read 81 because freaking quarantine Holy and laying snaps. in bed all day. That's all I do is read books. <laughs> I just got this most beautiful, wonderful week alone. And I finished three books that I've been <gasps> working on for Yay. over a year. So <laughs> and they were all amazing. They were so good. But so proud what did you read what did you finish jimmy carter's book about women oh man do he, i want to read that? yes he wrote it it's like 2014 or 15 oh my god i'm so like seriously have the biggest crush on jimmy carter um he's, you are officially he's the 96 years old dude he like 96 he's 96 adorable <laughs> he's a oh my god he's it's like a non-sexual he, crush. it's a non-sexual crush i mean i don't know i've never met him in person it might also be sexual what do i know <laughs> what he's 96 so you think that's a you would crush him or he would crush me (laughs) i mean anybody would crush him it's not a i'm saying it might be more than okay on my girls trip we laid around drank wine did yoga read books and we binge watched tv have you ever heard of the show marrying millions Mm -mm. where there's one person who's poor and one person who's rich and they get married and there's a guy on there who's 60 and he is dating a 20 year old that is you and jimmy (laughs) jimmy happily married man probably not interested in me (laughs) but i just have to say like i remember my dad who is so conservative so conservative saying the only time he ever um changed parties the only time he voted voted out of party line in a presidential election was for Jimmy Carter because he was a good man and he couldn't vote for someone who he just couldn't get behind as a person. Hmm. And so I don't know if that's relevant at all or our generation right now or anything like that, but I just really think it, it. So I've always had this weird, like I didn't really know anything about Jimmy Carter. Some people say like, he's such a great man. He's the worst president that ever lived. There's like so many different, like just, blurbs we learn so little about him in our history classes who wrote this book jimmy carter wrote the book that i just read and it's about women it's about um it's awesome he's just such a social activist and cares so much about um about poverty and about making the world a better place and um he has used his fame from his presidency in the most beautiful and humbling ways yeah and he loves Jesus, and I love Jesus, and he loves Jesus the way I like to see famous people love Jesus instead of just lip service. And him and his wife have just worked hard their whole lives to make the world better. And they've really used their privilege the way that we would all think we would use our privilege if we had it. Yeah, it's Isn't called it A Call to Action, Women, Religion, Violence, and Power by Jimmy Carter. Wow. Huh. Tons of statistics. Um, lots of stuff about traveling the world and working with different world leaders and different huge world organizations. And then lots of specific examples from his life and his wife's life about interactions they've had with different cultures. Well, this podcast quickly turned into a book club. A book club. <laughs> well, I'm just, Shocker. <laughs> we have books that we have enjoyed. I want to share them. We'll put, mm-hmm. a, we'll put a recommendations page on the website that has all of these too. Um, mm-hmm. Can we put... <laughs> Oh. I tamed on there. Yes, I can. told you at the beginning. I told you eight months ago. Yes, I know. Jenna's been trying to get look at how so, far I am. I I think I read the whole thing in three hours. Yeah, that was like half a day. 
I'm halfway I should have finished that one too while I was up in the mountains. I was wondering if that was on your finished list. Mm-hmm. I still haven't finished it. I started it and then the world exploded. So I went to a it different topic for a little amazing. while. Look at all of that highlighting mm-hmm. and like writing that I put in here. So good. It's so good. There's been side note. There's been a, there's been a quote about um, what Glennon says about technology and phones going around and how like you shouldn't give your kids phones until they're like 16 because it destroys their creativity and it's being spread around by a bunch of conservative Christian women <laughs> who don't know her story. <laughs> That's awesome. It's like, oh, do you know Glennon's story? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> if you don't know Glennon's story, mm-hmm. uh, read Untamed, read Untamed. <laughs> by Glennon Doyle. And highly recommend it'll change your life. Yes. She is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Jean, did you read that one too? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Which one? My, so my brother handed me this book one day when we were talking about race and he said, I don't want to talk to you anymore about race until you finish this book. So I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I like, so we have this, Karen and I have this joke because she loves to read and I love to read, but I don't read. I just she don't read. She loves the concept of reading. <laughs> I love the concept of reading. I love audiobooks. Why because don't you have time to read? <laughs> That's cute. (laughs) That's the cutest question. So I like, I'm always doing something with my hands. Like I'm like constantly doing something. So dishes, she's constantly doing dishes. I'm constantly doing dishes, which just makes sense. You guys also have a million children all together. Why am I doing so many dishes? I I don't know. Because you don't make your children do them. I know. My children do the dishes. (laughs) And Tyler does 50, 50 dishes. Well, Corey's home now has been better. I've got to admit that. Um, So I'm constantly doing stuff and also just like, crafting and running children you around have so much yarn I, all I have so much yarn, yarn and I love to have like 17 children in my little car all the time so I've always got a group of kids going somewhere but um so I don't have time to read but this one I made sure I had time to read because I love it's talking about Ta-Nehisi mm. Coates between the world and me yes and which I also read in like three hours one so afternoon good. while camping because I couldn't put it down oh it was powerful and hard and Oh, so good. But um, I love talking to my brother about like every subject on the planet. And when he challenged me to that, I was like, fine, I will. And you guys are opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to politics, right? No, 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 no. My brother and I are different politically for sure, but we have much more in common than we have different. I have another brother who is also different in a different way. <laughs> I would because say because it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Yeah. It's and not a 100% this or 100% and we, that. Honestly, so there's five of us in the fourth of five and we were all raised in a very conservative um, Republican uh, Christian home and we have all gone to all different, the four of us that are still alive are all in very different places. Very dramatically different places. Although it, it seems like in America there should only be two different places. Like you are Democrat and liberal, or you are Republican and conservative. And that is not the case for any of us. None of us fit into those two um, stereotypes, those two buckets. Mm -hmm. There's so much room in there. Because it's a spectrum. spectrum. (laughs) Because the two-party system does not make sense. (laughs) You need to have have a a sound effect that's like, it's a spectrum. Spectrums (laughs) constantly about everything. Uh, Everything. Everything has a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, that book was brilliant. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it, too. So check our website mm. for our list of books that we <laughs> love or are planning on reading. Jenna, have Maybe. you had any time to read or are you just constantly working on lessons? I 
Guys, I've been, I've not had any time to read, even... Do you have time to shower right now? You know, I do make time for hygiene, (laughs) simply for my own sake. (laughs) I think we should point out that um, we live in Boise, Idaho. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Jenna used to teach in McCall, Idaho, which is a little tourist town on a beautiful lake, a little couple hours north. And that's where Karen was born. Karen was born (laughs) in McCall. You guys were born by the same doctor? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We discovered this during quarantine, our first social distance hangout. (laughs) We were in Karen's front yard, all very far apart from each other. And I fell out of a hammock several times. But... um, (laughs) Because of the hammock or because of you or because of the drinks? All of those. (laughs) All of those things were factors. But at that same hangout, Karen and Jenna realized that the same doctor delivered them. And my birth experience was delightful and Jenna's was traumatic. (laughs) Good thing I don't remember it. Yeah, (laughs) Good thing neither of you remember it. Yeah, I mean, I should say I don't remember mine either, but my mom's mom's experience giving birth. Yes. We're very different. We don't have to share that story. No, no, no. We're not That's for a different podcast. (laughs) I know. We should talk about our birth experiences for birthing our children. I mean, it is That's a type of work. That's labor. labor. Oh, literally called labor. You guys want to hear about that? You want to hear our birth stories? Later. This podcast (laughs) episode is going to be like five hours long. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about that today. Um, speaking of, we should probably wrap it up mm-hmm. for this episode. I could listen to Jenna talk about education literally all day because mm-hmm. I adore every word out of her mouth. I adore every word out of all of your mouths. Your mouth too, girl. Thanks. <laughs> um, but we should wrap it up. So, Stephanie, I love that idea of uh, what's your su- what would be your superpower? If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Jean's already answered this question in her class. So I think we should let her go first. Unless you've had it change since you... Well, I don't know. I think how I was talking earlier about it being time, I think any of those things would be great. If we could slow down time or if we could appreciate moments more. My superpower would be appreciation. I would appreciate... Can you I think you have that you sou- superpower. I do. <laughs> yeah. I do really appreciate things. You do right. have that superpower. Well, if there was another layer of depth to appreciation. To manipulate time, maybe? Yes. If I, could, if I could slow it down. And then also, I love it moving on. You know, like I just think about... Um, kissing my babies when they're asleep and every night I'm just like I can't believe how big you are and I feel like I've had that same thought every night their whole lives um I just can't believe how big you are but then I just love them so much the size they are also when they're sleeping it's so easy to love them (laughs) (laughs) oh my god there is something about your child sleeping that is like the most wonderful feeling in the world and then they wake up and you're like you're not supposed to be awake right now (laughs) go back to bed bed." um my appreciation just went away (laughs) yeah Oh, mine is kind of similar. Um, and I've had the opportunity to think about this a lot because my son asks me about once a week what my superpower would be if I had one. And it's funny because his is always strength related and mine is always like not. (laughs) (laughs) Typically with him, I go with invisibility because I make him give me options Mm. because there's too many superpowers out there. And I'm like, I can't think. But he always gives me invisibility and I pretty much always choose that one because I just want to lurk. <laughs> you yes, you would be a good lurker. Um, but if I were actually choosing, mine would be the ability to 
record and playback situations. Yeah. So I could win every argument. (laughs) Or or (laughs) or lose gracefully. Or lose gracefully and go, no 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 no, this isn't how it went. And then record it, play it back like a projector on the wall. I will eat my humble pie. And then I go, oh wait, oh that is what happened. Okay, cool. You're right. I apologize. (laughs) Can I just say it's weird that you are the one producing this podcast in charge of recording and editing (gasps) and deleting it? Are you creating your own superpower? Oh, you guys can't just wait and see what I edit. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a shapeshifter. Really, Jenna? Totally. Like, if I could... I mean, how cool would it be your Spanish teacher actually gets to show up as, like... An avocado. One a la loca. <laughs> An avocado. Frida. Frida. I can uh, come in. I can see a picture and become that person and make it come alive. And also, shapeshifter, you can make yourself a fly so you're slightly invisible. Hey. <gasps> a fly on the wall. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love flies. So much. I've never loved flies so much in my life. <laughs> no, but seriously, that would, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. yeah shapeshifting. That's brilliant. I love it. Mm-hmm. I'd look really great in the summer. <laughs> right? <laughs> I shapeshift myself into a supermodel. You look like Naomi Campbell. Right? Weird. It's amazing. Jenna, is that you? Yes. It is. <laughs> you show up so different every single time. I'm like, I am the same person, I swear. It's still just me. Um, Mine would probably be, and this changes depending on what's happening in the world, but mine would be to win any argument. Uh, <laughs> Steph, that's so funny because you're like so good at making other people feel good about themselves that I think people don't even notice when they've been beat. <laughs> like, you do this wonderful way. You're like, you're like, I'm right. And now I'm just going to make you feel good about it. <laughs> well, I would love to eventually run for office. And I feel like I want a superpower that would be able to help me get there. And so winning every argument, duh, that's going to help me win office, right? Yes. Uh-huh. So yours is invisible. about power. Or fly. So manly of you. <laughs> to win any argument. To yes. debate well enough to, to beat everyone. That would be my superpower. I do, however, win almost every argument at home. Okay, um, this is some advice that someone gave my husband when we were newlyweds. Women are not going to argue about it unless they are right. And I'm sure that is absolutely a stereotype and not true. <laughs> yeah, because I argue even when I'm wrong. But I, in particular, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with some- about you as something if I don't know what I'm talking about. If I am going to argue, it's going to be because... You're not making sense. <laughs> Having been in arguments with you, that I love that. <laughs> like our one Karen's last like, week. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that, that was a good one. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like I don't want to argue about. It's not an argument. It's if I know that you're wrong, then it's like okay, we don't have to agree on that. But if I think that I'm right and you should know this too. I'm mostly sp- speaking about between me and my husband. Like, this one's worth it. Are we I'm talking about you. the argument on, on patio. Karen's patio? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was unique. That was a unique <laughs> argument. That's not my typical style. Yeah, that was fun. I was PMSing hardcore. <laughs> Does that make a little more sense right now? Now it's all making sense. Oh my god, I was such a bitch last weekend. My poor family. You were 
Well, I'm not in your family. Never mind. Okay. I was gonna say you were fine. You were fine. I enjoyed it. I, mean, I actually like a been, good but... like heated discussion. And I do not think that I argue only when I'm right, but I do think I'm right when I'm arguing. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe that's if that makes sense. Maybe that's my case too. Like, like I can't argue that point. I would you ooh. argue if you're wrong, you're like, I'm gonna try to be like even wronger. Well no, just no, like, no. like stick if to I'm, my guns, if even I, if I feel yeah, like Yeah, like if partway through the argument I'm like, Oh, maybe they're right about this. I'm done. Okay, I, like, maybe you're right. I'm done. You know what? I, I don't have anything else to say. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I'm going to have to look into that. Mm. But if I'm like in the argument, I am absolutely 100% certain I am right. I will just keep going. I don't care. But like... This is why we should be married because we would both be right. Because we... How could we be married then? But we then would kill each it's other. It's because we have the same opinion. There is oh. actual truth. <laughs> so the best way to wash dishes, there is a best way. So oh. you would do it the same way. No? No, Jenna's shaking her head. No. I'm just, I, the, oh. Jenna's not as prideful as the other three of us. <laughs> I, I literally have no pride. Remember, I had 12-year-olds telling me my 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 music is trash <laughs> and so you know it's one of those things where you're like argue, arguing sometimes there's a place for it but there's also another point where you're just like that is if that's the hill you want to die on good luck with that mm-hmm. i get that there's some, I, there's yeah, some I, things yeah i don't know how i think I think that's what I'm saying, too. Yeah, I think like, you guys are all saying the same thing. Unless yeah. that hill's worth dying on, I'm not fighting with you about it. I disagree, and I'm going to argue this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but arguing for the sake of arguing can be fun. Like, yeah. you just need to get some, like, angst out or something. There was this TV show that my dad used to watch called Crossfire. It was on CNN. <gasps> you know, you you know who was on the host of that? Carl. Okay. No, Tucker. Tucker Carlson was on that. He's wasn't he like twelve? Is uh-huh. it? He was twelve on that show. What? Basically with a little bow tie. Um I just remember my dad loving it and I wish that we had a platform like that now where people actually like debate class. Like you literally debate things, not just yell at each other. I should have been on debate. But I mean it was called Crossfire. There was but it heated was, but debate. It, but it was also one of those shows where like you had to have just little tiny points and nothing was really deeply discussed. Mm. I don't remember any specifics. I should show, I should so show you I my cousin just posted this thing with John Stewart who was on there talking to the hosts. Yeah, this was like a decade ago. And he's like, "Can you guys stop? You guys are what is ruining politics." Wow. That's awesome. And it was I feel such like- a good clip. Um we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap Oh my it up. god, it's like midnight. I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> time, let's something. not get a clock. Time just stops. Yes. <laughs> While we're in the pot shed, there is no such thing as time. Except uh, for I'm going to get a clock for here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Catch us on Working Folk Podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on the web. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, folks. Bye.